Well, listen, um, I want you to, to think back for a moment, okay? I want you to think back about the most difficult situation in your life. What has been the most difficult situation in your life? Maybe it was potentially life-threatening news that you received from the doctor. Or worse yet, <clears throat> maybe it was bad news from the doctor concerning one of your children. Maybe after an extended illness, one of your parents passed away. Or worse yet, maybe it was your spouse that passed away. Maybe the company you worked for for years had this massive layoff and you were one of the casualties. You thought to yourself, what am I going to do now? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to support my family? Whatever that most difficult situation that you thought of is, most likely as a believer, you put on that brave face of faith and you said to yourself, I ain't worried. God's got this. But then down in the pit of your stomach, that anxiety began to build. In the pit of your stomach, that worry began to build about the unknown. Now, I want you to put your most difficult situation next to Joseph's. Joseph is engaged to Mary. He is fully expecting to marry her after the year-long customary engagement. And then the unthinkable happens. Mary reveals that she's pregnant. And listen, it ain't Joseph's. But you also got to consider... The ultra-conservative culture of the day. You also have to consider uh, all the hurtful gossip that was probably going around town. And you can't look at those two things without considering this incredible promise from God himself. Today... In Matthew chapter 1, on page 849 in the Bibles in front of you, I want you to see this with me. In Matthew chapter 1, God shows me and you that decisions of this magnitude require an extraordinary faith. Even if you're just an ordinary Christian. In Matthew chapter 1, in verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, 
She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, betrothed husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Can you imagine how afraid he really was? Do not be afraid to take to Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Many young people in this day want to be famous. It don't matter whether it's a rock star or a sports star or a movie star. They just want some of the popularity and some of the prestige that comes with being a celebrity. But back in Joseph's day, men didn't really want prestige. You know what they wanted? They wanted a good reputation. A good reputation. And I tell you this because Joseph's decision to stand by Mary and to stand up for God was not an easy decision. But ultimately, Joseph learned, and we too can, we also can, that if you'll trust and you will obey God, he will unfold his plans, he will unfold his purposes for you, and in Joseph's case, for the whole world. Now, although Joseph had extraordinary faith in the face of a difficult crisis, Joseph is often referred to as the silent man of Christmas. Why would he be called the silent man of Christmas? Well, Joseph throughout the Bible, or in places of the Bible, Joseph is spoken to, and Joseph is spoken about, but not one place in Scripture does Joseph speak a single word. And although Joseph's family tree reveals that he is of royal lineage, the Bible also reveals that Joseph ain't nothing more than a simple, ordinary carpenter. 
So our passage in the Bible really kind of gets right to the point there in verse 18. When we read of Joseph's discovery of Mary's baby. In verse 18 again now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After Mary, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. However, God's word prohibited sex then before marriage, and it prohibits sex now before marriage. Somebody say amen. Yet here, we find that Mary is with child. Just how did that happen? Drinking water? She eat something wrong? See, neither her family nor Joseph believed Mary's story about Gabriel's visit we talked about last week. But this betrothal agreement, this engagement agreement, had already been signed. The dowry gifts given at engagement had already been exchanged. The news had already been proclaimed, not only to the family, not only to their circle of friends, but to the whole community. Everybody knew that they were engaged to be married. But then Joseph, and soon everyone else, discovered Mary's baby. And it created quite a dilemma. And in verse 19, we read about Joseph's dilemma over Mary's baby. In verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. You see, to protect Mary from public shame, Joseph, being a decent, being an upright man, decided he'd just divorce her quietly. So that the woman he loved wouldn't be hurt. But you know he had to wonder, is it possible that Mary has cheated on me? She was such a godly young lady, though. Surely she wouldn't violate her purity. Surely she wouldn't violate the engagement agreement. Maybe something else happened. Is it possible that Mary was raped? Surely she would have come to Joseph and told him that. So maybe there was a third option. Is it possible that what Mary was saying was true? Is it possible that Mary really had been chosen by God to be the Messiah's mother? But to Joseph, if God really chose Mary... Where does that leave Joseph? While considering this third option, if Joseph is anything like me, here's what he's saying. God, why me? Why would Mary do this to me? God, why would you, 
allow this to happen to me. Little did Joseph know that his dilemma was going to be God's delight. Somebody say amen. You see, God wanted Joseph. God handpicked Joseph to be the Savior's daddy. And then Joseph had a dream. In verse 20, we read about Joseph's dream uh, about Mary's baby. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. After all that Joseph has gone through already, what a relief it must have been to finally hear from God Almighty himself. Especially regarding this discovery of Mary's baby and the dilemma that this baby has caused. So, what was God's explanation for all this? When the angel said, Joseph, son of David, he was reminding Joseph of something. He was reminding Joseph of the royal lineage, the royal family tree from whence Joseph came. But he was also reminding Joseph that God's word said that the Savior himself must come from the house and the lineage of David. What a great thing to hear from God. Joseph, son of David. And the angel told Joseph, don't you hesitate, boy. Don't you hesitate a minute to take Mary to be your wife. For not only do you have this royal family tree, this child, this child is of the Holy Spirit of God. So now Joseph was beginning to understand by faith that God has orchestrated this whole thing. So if that was the explanation, what then was God's instruction? Check, take a look at verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The Lord instructed Joseph, name the child Jesus, which literally means Savior. Why the name Jesus? Because this child would grow up to save his people from their sins. And what is equally important is that Joseph received God's instruction. When he did, Joseph did. When he received the instruction from God, he did what God told him to do. And in verse 25 we read, he indeed called his name Jesus. But then God gave Joseph a revelation. In verse 23, God said to Joseph, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Matthew shares with us yet again what we learned last week, that Jesus' birth fulfills another prophecy from the Old Testament prophets. 
And in Isaiah 7:14, he says, the prophet declared that the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive. How's a virgin conceive? Well, we'll get to that another time. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. And for we Gentiles, Matthew translates that for us so that we know that Emmanuel means God with us. This child was going to be God with us. But I want you to notice something. Matthew didn't speak of a virgin. He spoke of the virgin. Isaiah and Matthew both spoke of one specific woman who would be a virgin, and that is the Virgin Mary. And with all this information that had been provided to Joseph, what now would he do with it all? What would be Joseph's decision concerning Mary's baby? Well, in verse 24, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did. Somebody say did. Did. God said it, Joseph did it. As the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now there's a whole lot of action words in that passage. Joseph did. Joseph took to him his wife. He did not know her and he called the name of the child Jesus. So what happened in Joseph's life is a real, real clear picture of what also happens in our life. Have you ever been caught between what God says to do and what makes sense? We all have, no matter which route we chose, that's the situation that Joseph was in. But when all was said and done. Joseph sided with the obedience to God. He didn't know all the details. But he knew that his God did know all the details. And as always. God made sure that his plan unfolded perfectly. You see this child would be the son of God. Not the son of Joseph. However, because Joseph was a just man, because Joseph was obedient to God, Joseph was chosen, chosen to be the Savior's adoptive daddy. He was chosen to raise him up. Joseph was chosen to protect him. Joseph was chosen to love him as his own. And wow, what a great job Joseph did. But now, we kind of end where we started. Why? Why was Joseph chosen to be the Savior's daddy? Well, see, friend, to fulfill God's plan, God needed a man who was sturdy. To fulfill the plan of God, God needed a man who was stable, who was reliable, but who most of all, listen to me, but who most of all was sensitive to the voice of God. 
You dads out there, are you sensitive to the voice of God? Joseph was chosen because he was sensitive to the voice of God. But God also needed a man who would stand by his wife-to-be no matter how much gossip circulated around town. God needed a man who was strong enough to lead the family all the way to Bethlehem, but who was compassionate enough to help and encourage the mother of the Savior throughout the whole journey. God needed a man who was willing to lead his household closer to God. God needed a man who was willing to teach his child the scriptures. God needed a man who was willing to exhibit patience even when his kid stayed behind in Jerusalem because he said he was about his father's business. Yeah, Joseph never spoke a word in the Christmas story. But what he did speaks volumes to every one of us. Now one lesson that we can learn from the life of Joseph is that the most important thing in the world can happen to the least important people in the world. The greatest somebody that the world has ever known came through the greatest nobodies like Joseph and Mary. And listen, he comes to great nobodies to, to me and you too. Joseph developed an attitude. And the attitude that Joseph developed went like this. Lord God, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Lord God, I will be obedient anytime, any place, anywhere, in anything. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. Lord God, I don't understand it. It don't make no sense to me. As far as I know, it's never happened in the whole course of human history. But if you say it, I'll do it. Friend, isn't that the same attitude that he requires of you and I? If you say it, I'm going to do it. I read where an American missionary to Africa once said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Listen to me, I want to repeat that. You only have one life will soon be passed. And of everything you do, only what's done for Christ is going to last. Everything else will go by the wayside. Therefore, we need to be willing to say, Lord, because you're the King of Kings, because you're the Lord of Lords, I will serve you anywhere, anytime, at any cost. Are you there yet? Are you there yet?
You see, that's essentially what Jesus said when the Father asked him to come to earth to be our Savior. And Jesus responded, Father, anywhere, anytime, and yes, at any cost. That's essentially what Mary said in Luke chapter 1 verse 38. She said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Anywhere, anytime, at any cost. And friend, when Joseph walked away from what made sense to do what God asked him to do, he said, Lord, anywhere. Anytime, at any cost. Friend, it is a happy day in the life of a believer when we realize that we don't have to understand it all to obey God in all. All we have to say is yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The most exciting things happen to us as Christians simply because we're willing to say yes. Yes. Joseph said yes. Mary said yes. And praise God. Jesus said yes. And because they all obediently said yes. You and I have the blessing of trusting Christ as our savior. And the blessing of knowing heaven is our home. But it's all because they said yes. Friends, there is no way that Joseph and Mary could have possibly known the eternal implications of their obedience. But I thank God they obeyed, aren't you? In generations to come, my friend, will someone look back on your life And say, I'm so glad she obeyed. Will they look back on your life and say, oh Lord, I'm so glad he said yes. Will they look back on your life and say, Lord, I'm so glad they said anywhere, at any time, at any cost. Are you ready to make that kind of declaration today? Friend, are you ready to come and to trust Jesus to save you from your sin? He can if you will. He can if you will. Are you ready to come and receive what God has in store for you in this life and in the next? I'm just led to to ask, is there anybody here that God is leading perhaps to go into the ministry of some sort? Anywhere? At any time? At any cost? How's God leading you with a word like this? Only one life. It will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last.
can you say anywhere, anytime, at any cost? Can you say yes? You come and we'll pray about it. Father God, I praise you and thank you, Lord, that the earthly daddy of our Savior said yes. I'm thankful that that young handmaiden, Mary, said yes. And Father, I'm so grateful that child born that day who was named Jesus because he could save his people from their sins. God with us. So thankful that he said no. Because had he said no, there'd be no hope for us here. But he did say Let's all stand and sing. Come and-